Now, if you know me, you know that for religious reasons, I have never in my life taken an airplane ride. But recently I had to make an exception because my son, who lives in San Francisco, is having his gay bris. So I get on the plane. It's flying. And then all of a sudden, the pilot comes over the loudspeaker. He announces, there's going to be some light turbulence. And somewhat immediately, the plane begins to quake and shake. I said, ow. I said, oh. Panic and uncertainty flew together as one. And the woman beside me turns to me and says, can you believe this? I turned to her and I said, I cannot believe this. An hour later in the plane lands, everyone starts clapping. Everyone but me. See, I'm seething. I say, no, sir. And I wave my little finger in the air. I point to the cockpit and I say, that man tried to kill me. And behind me, a few African-American women say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I go on. That man shouldn't have his pilot's license. And again, I receive a very affirming, mm-hmm. I stand up and take a stewardess by the wrists, and I say, and if I were a stewardess, I'd say I'm not flying with him ever again. Mm-hmm. People start filing out to leave, and I tell them all my joke, which is, that pilot? Don't fly! And every single one of them said, mm-hmm, or laughed, or laughed. So I'm walking the city now, and I'm lost in my anger. And the chorus of black women are still behind me. I toss them one-liners like, hm, I didn't know we signed up for the Air Force. Where are we going to college for free? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I find the pilot's house, a big brownstone. I find it on my first try. Through his bathroom window, I can see him in the throes of an intimate moment with his wife. They're showering as a couple. I spit out the sunflower seeds which I've been chewing, sow them into his lawn. I say, this guy's trying to make me sick for the second time today. And I'm joking, but I do feel a little bubbly-wubbly in my tubbly, and it's not that glass of Sutter home I had on the plane. It's an epiphany. I'm going to ground this man's career. That's obvious. That goes without saying. But I realize that in addition, I gotta humiliate him on a permanent level. I had to make this idiot fall in love with me. So I get my wings. I become the first female pilot in Pan Am's history, probably. I bribe the Sky General to make me the exclusive co-pilot to Randy, which is the name of my enemy. We have over 100 flights together in two years. We're closer than brothers. If he posts a picture, I'm the first to like it. If he has a secret, I'm the first to know. And on a red eye from Jersey to San Fran, he discloses the intimate details of his marriage. He confides that 12 years and two beautiful children have turned his wife from a lover into a friend. I say, Pastor, you better turn around because you're preaching to the choir. He laughs when we hit a patch of bad weather, electric storm. Worst I've seen on the job and I've seen them all. We start quaking and shaking. He confesses to me that he thinks God sent this storm because he ought not speak of his wife with another woman. 
I say, maybe God sent this storm because another woman might ought to be your wife. It's a very charged moment, so he doesn't try to follow the logic of what I said. Instead, we hold each other like the world is ending. A stewardess has to land the plane. And the second we touch ground, he takes me to his brownstone. His old lady's out of town. Wife convention. We slide into his shower. Show each other the truth of our bodies, which we've long imagined. He laughs that his breasts are bigger than mine, and I say I will do everything to them. Sure enough, before I even finish my thought, my tongue is chasing his navel. His skin is in my way. I want to taste this man's soul. We twist in his shower like eels in the dark of the ocean. The potential of my body is realized only now that he's inside of me. I lose myself in him. We become a single, undulating mass of fuck. Afterwards, we lay in his tub, silent but for the hushed roar of his holy shower, which rinses our bodies like the first rain which washed the original men. I confess to him that I've only experienced an orgasm once before, and it was during childbirth with my gay son. My fingers find the folds of his stomach, and he whispers to me, I'm embarrassed of my body. I'm embarrassed of my body. I say, fuck that. I tell him to stand by the window. I say, in the light of day, I need to see the body which I've imagined for so long. And he doesn't think that's redundant, because earlier I only thought that. I never said it out loud. But as he opens his blinds, he sees something he wishes he didn't. Twelve... African-American women speaking as one in their smoky contralto. Mm-hmm. See, I'd use the money which I'd accrued in my years as a pilot to put them up in a small apartment on the east side of Oakland. For two years, they've lived on airline checks mix and the promise that they would one day be fed by the bread of the pilot's tears. That they would drink them by the bowlful. And it was time to make good so I keep my one-liners bread-based. Look at this man here. He think he a pilot? There's only so many roles you can fill looking like that, and pilot ain't one of them. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker looking more like a Pillsbury roll. Mm-hmm. Somebody poke him. Looks like you already did, girl, says Susie, the funniest among them. Randy screams at me, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? And I grab his face. I bring it as close to mine as it was during the act of love. I say, why do you make the plane go bump? Now I'm dragging him onto his own lawn. It's hard, because we're both naked and wet, but I make do. In the years since I'd been there, the sunflower seeds that I had spit out grown into an enormous sun tree. I take him by the neck. I start climbing it. I start climbing it. You think you can fly, motherfucker? You really think you can fly? Well, let's test that. I climb so high I can hardly hear the dulcet tones of my girls. Mm-hmm. Without their encouragement, I start to lose my nerve. I'm at the top of this freaking sun tree, eye to eye almost with the freaking sun, just about. And I'm thinking to myself, Gabby, what the freak are you even doing? 
I look at Randy. He's shivering, soaking wet from the shower, his tears, and his own mess. I got him literally in the palm of my hand. It's just the two of us in the sky, as it had been for so many flights across the continental US. And for that one brief eternity in the shower of Randy's brownstone, when he took me to heaven, as surely as I was about to take him to hell. His eyes say, you don't have to do this. But Randy knows better than to speak. So I say the last thing he expects to hear. Hold me like the world is ending. And it isn't redundant because earlier I only thought that I never said it out loud. So he holds me. And together we fall from the sky. Just how it almost was on that most fateful and choppy night when we first met. Our bodies together. We are whole once again. One undulating mass, I thought to myself. Fuck. So I wake up a day later in the St. James Infirmary. I'm fit as a fucking whistle. In fact, the doctor found a cancer lump in my breast and he chopped it off while I was unconscious, so I came out healthier than I went in, but without any titties. That's okay. As Randy once laughed, his breasts were bigger than mine, approximately. Poor Randy. He's paralyzed and clinically brain dead, but for religious reasons, his wife has decided to keep him on life support for what will surely be three decades of hell on earth. I wanted to visit old Randy, but my son was having his gay bris in the next room over. He'd waited for me. The operating room breaks out in cheers as I strut through the double doors. My gay son chided, Here she is! My mother! The woman who said she'd never get on an airplane! I take him by the wrist and I say, Son, I hate that you're gay. And so does God. From behind I hear, Mm-hmm. The African-American women have come to visit me. They are my best friends. I bend over and whisper in my son's ear. But, when you get to hell, there's someone I'm gonna need you to tell hello from mama. My son smiles huge as if he knows what I'm talking about. I pass around Manischewitz and Bree with the ragtag cast of characters he calls friends, and they regale us with colorful tales from Oakland's club scene, which are wonderfully droll despite their disturbing content. I interrupt them, saying real loud, Look at my life! It's taken me a hundred places I never thought I'd be. I've loved the journey, but it's been one bumpy ride. Mm -hmm. And then the gay rabbi comes in and cuts off my son's penis. (laughs) 